0: It prepares our heart to meet you and the message that you have for us. We pray, Father, that you speak through me to your people tonight and that your Holy Spirit and all of them be the one to give them the clarity of your message for them. We thank you for the forgiveness of our sins, Lord God. We thank you for your grace that is new every morning. And we are grateful for this opportunity and privilege to be able to learn more about you, your will, your ways. And how we should live for you. Lord, override my preparations as much as I pray that you bless it. We recognize your presence with us. And we ask for your help. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Tonight, we are still in our series of Pursuit of Happiness. If you have your Bibles, if you don't have a Bible or a Bible app, please raise your hand so we can... Have our deacons or our young adults hand you a Bible. Because we are going to ask you, request you to please turn to Exodus chapter 32. So, who doesn't have a Bible and needs a Bible? Okay, there. Alright. If we can, Ditorly, if we can uh, please. Anybody else needs a Bible? Okay, please turn your Bible apps or your Bible to Exodus chapter 32. Before we get there, while well, you're there, I mean, this is a, a verse, not a verse, a quote from Timothy Keller. And it reads, It is impossible to understand a culture without discerning its idols. That is why we have been discussing the pursuit of happiness. The idols in our life right now, in our world right now, we are exposing all of these things that the world and the enemy have have imposed upon us, believers and unbelievers. And tonight's message is pursuit of religion. So pursuit of religion. If you are on Exodus 32, I'm going to start reading the gold calf. When the people saw that Moses delayed in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come, make us a God who will go before us, because this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Then Aaron replied to them, Take off the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings that were on their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from their hands, fashioned it with an engraving tool, and made it into an image of a calf. Then they said, Israel, this is your God who brought you out from the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and he made an announcement. This will be a festival to the Lord tomorrow. Early the next morning they arose, offered burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. They sat down to eat and drink, then got up to play. The Lord spoke to Moses, Go down at once for your people you brought up from the land of Egypt have acted corruptly. They have quickly turned from the way I commanded them. They have made for themselves an image of a calf. They have bowed down to it, sacrificed to it, and said, Israel this is your God who brought you out brought you up from the land of Egypt. The Lord also said to Moses, I have seen this people and they are indeed a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger can burn against them and I can destroy them and I will make you into a great nation. Jump into verse 27. He told them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, every man fasten his sword to his side. Go back and forth through the camp from entrance to entrance. Each of you will kill his brother, his friend, and his neighbor. The Levites did as Moses commanded, and about 3,000 men fell dead that day among the people. Afterward, Moses said, Today you have been dedicated to the Lord since each man went against his son and his brother. Therefore you have brought a blessing on yourselves today. The following day, Moses said to the people, You have committed a grave sin. Now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I will be able to atone for your sin. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, these people have committed a grave sin. They have made a God of gold for themselves. Now if you would only forgive their sin. But if not, please erase me from the book you have written. The Lord said to Moses, I will erase whoever has sinned against me from my book. Now go Lead the people to the place I told you about, see, and my angel will go before you. But on the day I settle accounts, I will hold them accountable for their sin. And the Lord inflicted a plague on the people for what they did with the calf Aaron had made. Why did we read Exodus 32? Exodus 32 is the big uh uh-oh of the Israelites. Imagine the frustration. Right? Imagine the frustration of Moses with the Israelites. They saw 10 plagues done, given by God to, in Egypt so that they can be released, so that God can show Pharaoh his power. They saw the Red Sea open up and gave them a red carpet entrance. This, they saw the Egyptians, when they pers- were being pursued by them, drown when God closed the, 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 the Red Sea once again. And then they were told, they were told this, not that, this one, they were told this, that they are not supposed to worship. They are not supposed to make anything to worship to it and to bow down to it. And they agreed to it. They agreed to it. Because we read Exodus 32. This was in Exodus 20. This happened beforehand. And the people agreed. They said, they told Moses, go, Moses, you speak to God and tell us what he wants from us, because we don't want to do it. And then Moses was gone for 40 days, 40 days, one month, and 10 days. And then just like that, with all the miracles that God has shown upon with them to them, what did they do? They quickly turned. They quickly turned and start worshiping an idol. The, the title of our, our, our message tonight is Pursuit of Religion. Religion is another form of an idol. Religion is another form of an idol. What is an idol? Anything that comes before God in your life. Now, you know, you think you probably, we well, religion, religion, this is what we have, right? Religion. No, born-again Christianity is not a religion. The world might categorize us as a religious group, but this is not a religion. This is a relationship with the living God. When you have become a a born-again Christian, you accepted the gift of Jesus Christ, the gift of grace that he died on the cross for you, and you accepted that gift, you now entered into a relationship, not a religion. But religion is a much easier thing to do. The people, as you read it, if you look back there, they got impatient. This man that that sent us out of Egypt, got us out of Egypt, he's not coming back. We don't know what happened to him. Make us a golden calf. And there is a, 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 a the golden calf is because, you know how they were in Egypt for a long time. Egyptians were pagans. And they have a, a bull that they were, a deity that they were worshiping. It was a bull. It's it's called Apis. A-P-I-S. And this this uh, god of the egyptians was was strong was powerful so they they probably wanted to copy that they wanted to have something to represent god the god that got them out of egypt they wanted something tangible they wanted to see something they wanted to be able to worship that now mind you if you continue if you read verse 5 there Aaron said this is god the lord this is yahweh so it's not like they were switching teams, but they, they, they made an image to represent God the Father. And then they worshipped, they worshipped that, that idol. But in, in their minds, they were worshipping the God that got them out of Egypt. Although they practiced uh, sexual acts because of that, that, that other verse there where it says uh, they, they had fun. That was uh, in revelry. Because that's how the Egyptians practiced it. So they copied it. So now when when you have an idol and you tell me that this represents God or the mother of God. That is still idol worship. We don't get to dictate to God how we worship Him. We should worship Him on how He tells us to worship Him. And right here He says, Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above or on the earth below, or in the waters under the earth. You must not bow down to them or worship them. Now, did God really say that? Yes. If you believe that the Bible is God's word, yes, he said it. It's right there. Because he is a jealous God. For some people, people we, we, we say, you know it's just a representation. It's just like a picture of your mom that you keep in your wallet. You know, it, it's not. Because, because God was upset. 3,000 people died that day. In the commentaries that I've been reading, the, the suspicion is those are the 3,000 people that actually got that the, the Israelites to get that going. They were the ones who instigated this thing. Because, you know, 30 days came in, Moses wasn't coming back, yet people were probably started whispering, these 3,000 people saying, hey, your Moses dude's not coming back. We need to make ourselves a God. We need to make ourselves a God so that the other countries will not mock us we need something similar to the egyptians you know believers i'm speaking to the believers the ones that truly know who god is if you truly know who god is i pray that you have this fear of him that we don't get to play around with god's word that we don't function we don't respond to peer pressure because what happened to those Israelites is they were pressured With this minority group that was pressuring them. Hey, Moses is not coming back. We need an idol. And what did they do? Or you know what? So long as we'll worship that and think, have in our hearts and our minds that it's God, Yahweh, who we're worshiping. It should be okay. In our lives now, sometimes we still act that way. We treat our families as if they are the bigger idols. They they mean more... They mean more to us than than worshiping God. Our careers. You know, we've been discussing many of these things, right? Success, trying to think that we're happy. We're targeting religion tonight because some people are happy thinking that they are pursuing God with their religion. Some people feel happy doing it that way. But if you go back there again in Exodus 32, you see that people don't like waiting on God. Because what? 40 days was too long. You know, sometimes it really is. Because if you needed help now, you you, you can't think, Lord, yeah, you know, you can go ahead and answer me 40 days from now. No, you're 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 praying to him, you're saying, Lord, help me now, rescue me now. Repair my relationship with my children. Repair my relationship with my wife. Rescue me now, Lord. Not two years from now. Not five years from now. And sometimes, sometimes, sadly, we give up too soon on God. Because we want it on our timeline. We don't want it on His timeline. But yet we call Him God. And we are His. He's the creator. We are His creation. But we dictate to Him. We call Him Lord. But really, we want him to respond to us So even even in worshiping religion is so much easier to lean onto than a relationship An example that I have in mind here is is if you go to a restaurant your waiter or your waitress will gladly serve you Correct Granted that there are some people that won't They'd rather go home because you came in at the 11th hour and they couldn't wait to be home. But you came in and so they have to do their job. But for some, they're really pleasant. What do you want to drink? Do you want a refill? You want me to warm up your coffee? Do you want cream? What do you want with your tea? Oh, they love to do that. But that's their job. That's their job. That's like Religion. Religion gives them a set of rules, set of things to do. You want to be blessed? Do 10 days of these prayers. You want to be protected? Put this, this idol in your car. You want to be protected in your travels? Put this in your balikbayan box. Right? It's so much easier than, than saying this, Lord, I depend on you. Not my will, Lord God, but let your will be done. And then you, what? There's nothing. There's nothing tangible. You can't put anything in your pocket saying, Lord, please bless my business. Oh, where's the idol? Here. Oh, yeah. This idol represents success in business. I put it in my pocket all the time so that it goes straight to my pocket. There's nothing. In our relationship with God, we trust God. We trust Him. We ask And we trust Him. We trust that He says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. We believe in that God that He knows better for us. Despite our needs, right? Despite that we think, Lord, now, 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 Lord. But then we say, No, but not in my time, but in your time. Not my will, but your will. Did God really say? Did God really say that religion is an idol. Well religion becomes an idol because for me, I, I read Romans 3:10 in this manner. It says here, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. there is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. All alike have become useless. There is no one who does what is good, not even one, not even that religion. Not even if they keep all their commands in that religion. Not even if they obey all the commands in their religion. Their throat is an open grave. They deceive with their tongues. Viper venom under their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Verse 19, now we know that whatever the law says speaks to those who are subject to the law, so that every mouth may be shut and the whole world may become subject to God's judgment. Paul in Romans 3, 10-18 and 19 quotes the books of Psalms, the book of Isaiah, the book of Ecclesiastes to deliver what we just read. Some people think that they'll be happy if they are keeping or they are pursuing their religion and not the living God. They're thinking they're serving God. But as you see in Exodus 32, they were worshiping God. The Yahweh that got them out of, of, of uh, Egypt. But God wasn't pleased because they violated, ex- they violated Exodus 20. The first command. God would not let you break one command to accomplish another command. Can we just agree to that? You might not accept it but that's the truth. If the speed limit says 70 miles per hour but you need you're running late because you're Filipino? <laughs> not everybody. All right, not everybody. Sure. <laughs> Because you're running late for work, you violate and you go 80 miles per hour. The cop pulls you over and says, you're speeding. What do you tell him? Well, just because I'm late. What does he say? I don't care. You know what? I'm going to let you be more late. And then it will cost you three hours of your day to pay this ticket. We can argue all day long with the Lord. We can argue, for some of us, we're, we're arguing our lifetime. It's been a lifetime of we were arguing with him. But there is, no one is righteous. There is no religion that will take you to heaven. There is no religion that will make you call yourself righteous. The great physician's diagnosis of the condition of humanity is bleak or is discouraging. All are sinners without exception. This description is not just the quote-unquote bad guys. But it's for everyone, that, especially for the ones that think that they are good. Alistair Begg said that there, he found out that there are two things about a man that keeps them from accepting Christ. One, they think they're too bad that God cannot actually accept them and forgive them. Or two, they think they're not that bad. They actually think they're really good people, that they don't need God's forgiveness. Those two things. You know, when we make ourselves the, the standard, like we are the ones who say, well, my friend's a good person, although he's a Muslim. God must know that he's a better person than the other Christian that I know isn't a good person. Maybe God will save this person. Answer, there's no. Because there's no one righteous, not even one. Right, That person that you think, even though he's so good, it's not you who determines what good and bad is. It's God who determines that. If I forget this divine diagnosis and start to think he's a pretty good person, I'm setting myself up for disappointment. We are setting ourselves up for disappointment and disillusionment if we think that people apart from Christ are good. We are setting ourselves from disappointments and disillusionment. Therefore, instead of being surprised when someone does something bad, we should be amazed when someone does something good because the divine diagnosis is that we are all depraved. Somebody must be asking, if you're probably sitting there, you're thinking, but what about the guy in the Philippines during the Holy Week that whips his body like, Copying Jesus. You guys seen those? They will whip their body and then they will hang, hang themselves on the cross. Every year. Every year. How about that person? Surely he is seeking God. Surely he is a good person. If you read what Paul says here, the answer is no. He's not. Paul says no one seeks after God. What about the monks? The Tibetan monks. They're monks who live in their entire lives in simplicity and celibacy. Surely they're seeking after God. It says here, no, they're not. The Bible says none seeks after God. The guy in the Philippines is probably seeking what? He probably felt, he probably feels bad. That he needs something to remove his guilt. He probably cheated on his wife. He probably probably gambled all their money, all their college uh, uh, money. He wanted to remove, he probably feels that he needs to remove the guilt that he's feeling. So he needs to whip himself, emulating Jesus, thinking that that will cause forgiveness. That will give him forgiveness. So the way he's seeking God is, he's not actually seeking God. He's actually seeking to relieve him of the guilt that he's feeling. Of all the failures that he's been doing. What about the monks? What are they seeking? They're probably seeking peace. They're probably, they're probably tired of the city life. They're probably tired of, of the rat race that the world is in. So they're seeking peace in, in to put themselves away, down in the corner. They're not seeking God. They're seeking peace from the craziness of life. That's not seeking God. That's how we see this. That's how I read this. The Bible says, none seeks after God. No, not one. So your religion, your religion, thinking that you are seeking God, that is not how God wants you to seek Him. Now, I'm sharing this to us believers because for some odd reason, sometimes we take a step back when we feel like the person is religious. Well, he's a good person and he says he believes in God, so let me take a step back. Because he's probably saved. They said they believe in God. I know they pray to God. So looking at Exodus 32, I hope you kept your your, your, your Bibles there. Look at that. The intention of the Israelites was to worship God. The God that got them out of Egypt. But they did it the wrong way. God wasn't happy with it. And in Ephesians, the question is, okay, because religion, other than having idols, religion also focuses on works. So the, the second point is, the question is, our works or His, meaning Christ's work. In Ephesians 1, 3 to 6 reads, Praise the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens, for He chose us in Him. Before the foundation of the world. To be holy and blameless in his sight. Who chose us? He chose us. When? When you made that decision? No. Even before you made that decision. He predestined us to be adopted through Jesus Christ for himself. According to his favor and will. To the praise of his glorious grace. That he favored us within the beloved. We have redemption in Him through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Is that clear? It seems clear to me. There is no religion here that gives us salvation. But it was Christ and what He has done on the cross. It was God's decision. It was His choosing. So where is religion there? Where is religion there? And then it says here, He lavishes on with us with all His time. Verse 9, He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure that He planned in Him. For the administration of the days of fulfillment. To bring everything together in the Messiah. Both things in heaven and on earth. In him. And in Ephesians 2.8.9. Disqualifies all religion. Because religion again has a list of things for you to do. And to follow. But then. Paul, God through Paul says, For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. Because the one sin that men really always fall into is pride. The sin of pride. Because if we had something to do with it, we will be proud of it. We will probably be masking it. We will probably be masking it in false humility. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. Stop it. Stop it. Stop. 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 Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Right? We're good at that, especially Filipinos. We're, we don't really like compliments, but we really like compliments, right? Try my food. It's not really good, but try it. Try it. Kind of bitter, huh? Huh? And then you say, Yeah, it is. Okay, oh, I'm never feeding this guy again. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Try cooking Filipino food. <laughs> Give me that, right? If it were up to us, we will probably be prideful. Remember the story of the, the two hikers? The two hikers, you know, they were, they were trapeze. They were, they were doing this climb and it was extra difficult for both of them. One of them had got into an accident. He fell. So the other guy came down and started saying, Dude, what are we going to do? I can't bring you up there. And he goes, you know what? The guy was paralyzed from neck down. He's like, dude, I can't. The only thing I could do is bite on the rope. So he goes, okay, I'm going to go up there. You bite on the rope and I'll pull you up, okay? He goes, yeah. So the guy starts pulling him. You know, Remsa came. and And then they saw what's going on. They're like, dude, this is a great idea. Good job. You know, talking to the guy that was pulling him up. And, and, and the guy that was that was biting on the rope was like, "No way, he's not gonna take the credit for this." And, they, and everybody started clamoring. Hey, hey, come here, come here! Look at this guy! Look at the idea that he came up to help his friend. And, and the guy that was being pulled couldn't handle it anymore. It was my idea. <laughs> he wanted the credit. He got the credit. And they made they made sure that was mentioned in his funeral. If it was up to us, we will take the credit. That is what religious people are. That is why Jesus came. And that's, why, that's what he scolded the Pharisees for. Because all of a sudden, they felt entitled. That's, that's the, the brother of the prodigal son. I'm jumping to my next. I'm trying to keep that for next week. But that's, that's what it is. Religious people tend to be what? Legalistic. Because they're Xing all it, they're crossing all the to do's like, fsh, 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 fsh. check, 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 check. I deserve God. But of course, I have to be humble. I can't say that. Look at Nicodemus, one of the Pharisees, the teacher of the law. He asked Jesus, what can he do to to gain heaven? Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. See, even that religious person who studied the law, still had questions to Jesus. Still wasn't sure about his salvation. And Jesus answered him, you need to be born again. You You need to die to your old self. You need to be alive with me, the resurrected me. The phrase born again Christian is frequently misinterpreted. Looking at its primary reference, we see that its meaning is not about physical birth, but about experiencing a spiritual renewal. It is an expression used by many Protestants to define the moment or process of fully accepting faith in Jesus Christ. It is an experience when the teachings of Christianity and Jesus became real and the quote-unquote born-again word acquire, meaning you acquired a personal relationship with God. The term is originated from an incident in the New Testament, which is here. In which the words of Jesus were not understood by a Jewish Pharisee named Nicodemus. So it's not our work. That's why the religious people, they think, you know, in, in Islam, they have to die for their faith. They have to die for their faith. In Christianity, Christ died for us. Is that amazing? And in some religions that claim Christianity, they won't guarantee you heaven. They try to keep you enslaved with things that you need to do. And then prayers until you're dead. Your, your relatives need to be praying for your soul so you make it to heaven. Just in case you're in purgatory, which is not in the Bible. There's no purgatory in there. It's in, they, they enslave people and they like it. And the people that maintain this religion, they think they're being happy if they just follow. They're happy with it. Because it's easier. Give me the 10 things to do to gain heaven. Give it to me. And I'll do it. Instead of just saying, the cross was done. Jesus died on the cross. He resurrected on the third day. It's all paid for. Jesus said, it is done. It is finished. Oh, that's that's too easy. That's too easy. I want a part of it. In John 3 14 to 18, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the man, so the Son of Man will be lifted up. Jesus speaking about himself and going up in the on the cross. So that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Believe in who? Believe in Jesus. For God so love the world in this way, He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Not through their works, but through Christ's work on the cross. Anyone who believes in Him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. So there's nothing. There's nothing that your religion can bring you to heaven. There's nothing in your religion that can bring you happiness as you are trying to seek happiness. Because it's not going to happen. Jesus said this in, Jesus, in John fourteen sixty seven. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father. From now on, you do do know him and have seen him. Jesus is the embodiment of God. Jesus, the Son of God. God himself in the flesh. No religion, no other religion claims that. But only the faith, Christian, the Christian faith, is where Jesus claimed, the leader of that faith, claims to be God himself. Only Christianity. Alistair Begg said, and he says a lot of things because he's a pastor, right? <laughs> but he says this, Faith is not a soft option offered to people who need a crutch to get through the rest of their lives. Faith is the supernatural activity of God, whereby he opens blind eyes, unstoops deaf ears, and a man or a woman says, I see it now. I get it now. I am going to trust in God. I am going to trust in Jesus. There's no pursuit of religion. If you are pursuing God in your religion, that's wrong. Because religion will have idols. Religion will have things to do that mandates you so that you can earn. Because there's no earning. There's no earning God. There's no earning heaven. There's just accepting the gift. Because the gift is not earned. Amen? The gift is not earned. Christmas is almost around the corner, right? It's almost around the corner. No, Thanksgiving first, okay. God's way, not ours. This is the biggest, this is the biggest problem of the world now. I, God said in Isaiah, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as heaven is higher than earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Right? This is the biggest problem because the world wants to argue with God. Somebody would say, what kind of God would flood the world? You know what, if you ask me, I probably won't flood the world too. But if I were Moses, when, when God, when, when Moses finally came up there and starts pleading, interceding for the people, forgive them, and God said, you know what, I'll wipe them away and I'll start anew with you. You know what, sometimes I'm thinking, sometimes if I were Moses at that time, I probably would have said, all right, go ahead. Stubborn people you're right. They're always getting me in trouble right I Would do that too. you probably do the same thing too. So praise God his thoughts are not our thoughts Because our thoughts are always based on our feelings It's always based on our feelings and our feelings always lie to us because our hearts are not always aligned with God right But the world loves to argue with God. The world loves to argue with God. They have different ways. They they said they don't believe in God. But then, you know, our our town, we just, it doesn't happen here, but you know what it is, right? The Burning Man. Burning Man Festival, it just got done. Those people claim, some of those people, most of those people claim that they don't believe in God. That They don't believe in religion. They just want community, which is what the church is, right? The Bible claims that we need to be in a community, but they don't want the Bible community. They want their community. They don't believe in idols, but they have this Burning Man statue there that they are praying to. They have a temple there that is accepted. All religion is accepted there. The world tells now that everything is inclusive except exclusivity. Everything is accepted except Christianity because Christianity claims that it is exclusive. So, I'm so glad that God's thoughts are not the way I think or are not my thoughts. His ways are not my ways because I constantly make mistakes. The people that argue with God will also make that claim. They go, you know, I'm not perfect, but I would have not flooded the world. You know, I'm not perfect, but but they have a better idea. Biggest problem of the world here. And pursuing religion. As Exodus 32 has shown us. The people there wanted to praise God. The people there wanted to worship God, but they violated God's command to them to not make an idol. Religion is an idol. I know we've been identifying idols, but religion too is an idol because it becomes more important to you than your relationship with God. You know, and that's completely The opposite of Christianity. And how about this? How about this point? God wants us to worship Him. It reads in Exodus 7.16. This is when, when God spoke to Moses and told him, Go to Pharaoh and tell him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to tell you, Let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. But so far you have not listened. Why did God rescue the people of Israel Israel from the hands of the Egyptians? So that he can make a nation? So that they can travel 40 years of a, a cruise around the desert? No. So that they will worship him in the wilderness. Now I'm saying that Christianity has no rules, right? We have no rules. We have been released from the consequences of our sin. There there is one thing that is a, a product of being a believer of Christ. And that is if you are a worshiper of the Lord. If you have accepted Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you have been freed from your sins. And that alone should prompt you to be a worshiper of God. God... Rescued them so that they will worship Him in the desert. But they wanted to worship Him in their own way, not in God's way. That is religion. Wanting to worship a God in your own way, not how God has told you to do it. The only way, the only true worship, the one true worship is, remember Romans 12.1. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, speaking to believers, right? I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. God rescued us so we can worship Him. How do we worship Him? With our lives. You being here, you're worshiping Him. You are praising and worshiping Him your presence here when you live for the lord with your with whatever career that you have with your children and how you treat them how you are responsible you know a christian should be one of the best employees if you have if you are an employee of someone you should be the best employee because you must be thinking that you are not worship, you are not serving that person or that company you are serving god the father first So you should be the best employee around. So when you guys ask me for a referral, guess what? I'll give you the best referral. I will, and you better not make me look like a liar five days after, okay? (laughs) Because for me, that's my belief. A Christian must be one of the best employees, because even if nobody sees it, we should. Be, even if nobody's watching it, we should know and recognize that God is watching us. That is a form of worship. How responsible you are with your business. As a parent, as a child, it's, it's, it should be evident in our lives. No, he didn't rescue them so they can be big boneheads, which they were, right? And it cost them 3,000 people. You know, the difference between the law and grace, the first day, the first day, not even the day, that the law was given to Moses, 3,000 people died. If you look at Exodus 32, the last part there, right? Verse 27, I believe. 3,000 people were killed. But if you look at Acts, turn to Acts, please. Turn to Acts chapter 2. The first sermon, starting from verse 14. After the first sermon was given, there was 3,000 people that came to Christ. Verse 41. So those who accepted his message, Peter's message about God's grace, were, uh, message, were baptized. 3,000 people were added to them. From 120 to 3,000. Additional 3,000. Religion kills. Religion focuses on the law and it kills. It condemns. God's grace, Christ's work, saves. It's in the Bible. It's in the Christian Bible. And somebody will tell me, well, I'm not a Christian. That's your problem. Right? That's your first problem. So, believers, we need to recognize that not because a person is good, or sometimes because we cower, we're quick to cower from this. Well, you know, he's a good person, and he said he believed in God. Maybe he's okay. You are sent to that person. You are God's missionary to that person's life. You are that person that God has sent to deliver the truth about God's grace. It's not their religion. The Lord rescued the Israelites from the hands of the Egyptians, from the slavery and oppression that they were in, so that they will worship him in the wilderness. It is the same for us today. God sent His Son to die on the cross for us as an atonement for our sins. Like Moses was to the Israelites when he went back up in the mountain. We can worship Him here on Sundays. But we can and we must worship Him outside these walls. From Monday to Saturday as well. It is not so much... Let me repeat myself. i me correct myself. It is so much easier to be religious and depend on rituals, to see and to touch the statues, to do a certain thing, thinking that we have gained God's approval. It is so much easier than to believe in an invisible God It's like being in a long distance relationship versus here and now. Because the only thing that you can count on is the truth, is to trust that person that I love you. I know I don't see you. I know I'm not with you, but I love you. I am here for you, despite the distance. That's who God is. For us people, we're so visual. We want to see, we want to touch. And our God isn't that. He just said, accept my gift of grace. That cross is empty for a reason. Because we don't believe in the Jesus who's dead. We believe in the resurrected Jesus. Amen? So pursuing religion isn't going to bring you happiness. What we should be pursuing is an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your message tonight for us. I pray that you bless your people here tonight. Guide them. Guide them with the truth, your truth, and nothing but, Lord God. I pray that you bless them, Lord God. You bless them with with this knowledge that they have, that they will live for you, that we will all live for you. That we will see our freedom, not as a license to sin, but a freedom to, to glorify you and magnify you with everything that we say and do. And I pray for wisdom. The wisdom that you have given us, I pray that we will be more than willing to share it with the people that you bring across our lives. Guide us, Father, and we thank you for everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.